Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy. Been with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today we've got a great show for you. As I always say, we've got Britt Taylor coming on. She's doing some great things out there, and um, we're excited to talk parts about her life and music and all that. And those of you that are watching, you see that Sandy's kind of in the middle here, but no picture. Um, she's dealing with Caitlin, so she'll be on and off. As I can. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, Britt, how are you doing today? I'm good. Just gearing up and getting ready for this record release. Trying to make sure I don't miss anything. And um, I'm excited and nervous and all the, all the emotions. <laughs> oh, wow. <clears throat> you know, I always like to start the show the same way. You know, hopefully next year I can start it different. But this year, we're in a weird year, so I have to start it the same. Um, how has COVID affected you through the music business, and what are you doing to maneuver through that? Um, lots of these. Lots of live streams <laughs> and interviews. Uh, lots of Zoom co-writing. And um, it's just it's been very different not being able to play music in front of a live crowd. Um mm there's nothing quite like it. So I've really missed it, but it has given me the opportunity to do different things and to really connect with your, with my audience on, um, through social media, um, which has been really kind of cool to, cause when you're live streaming on social media, it's a whole different connection because you can actually yeah. chat back and forth and take as you don't feel like you just have to jump to the next song. You can actually pay attention <laughs> to who's talking to you and who's logged on. And so that's been fun. Uh, definitely a learning experience. So. Oh, yeah, and lots of technical glitches. <laughs> <laughs> you know, doing this show, we've been, it's been an audio <laughs> show the whole year, and we just moved into video. Yeah. So, trying to learn the StreamYard and making this work. I remember the first few videos that we done, they still came out good, but they weren't as good as I would like. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're never exactly. Like, yeah, we get the lighting just right, and you know we're still <laughs> back out in my house. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, COVID. When you know, I remember we we launched a show January third, and the goal was a hundred interviews our first year, and then COVID happens. And I'm tell I told Sandy, you know, this could be our year to shine because all these artists are going to need a place to talk. <laughs> so because of that, we stepped it up, and you are now our 261st interview. Holy crap! That's <laughs> so we just been. In fact, we we had a, at um two o'clock today another interview earlier. So sometimes yeah. we do two in a day. Yeah, that's awesome. Now recently we did three in one day, and I think two's my limit. I had a horse throat that night. <laughs> I can only <laughs> So as we get started here, I like to go a little light before we really talk about your story a little bit, but what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Um, I love to garden. I love to plant flowers. I actually love cutting the grass. <laughs> doing, <laughs> oh, wow. doing anything around my house and I've got lots of pets. I got a little mini farm here um, outside of Nashville and just being outside, I, I love yoga and you know, taking a walk through the woods, just being outside as much as I can. Love that. So what would you say is something quirky about you? Quirky? Everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, what's something quirky about me? Something weird. I'm a, a second degree black belt. That's I don't know if that's oh, quirky. Wow. It's definitely something unexpected. <laughs> don't know that if that's quirky, but it's definitely unexpected. Like you said that, you know, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> uh, so what, you know, before we really get into the, your story, I guess that's part of your story. What, where did that come from? You know, when did that start? Oh, my dad, uh, my daddy is a 10th degree black belt in Shaolin. Wow. And he started teaching me when I was four. So I could, you know, beat up on the boys through, through grade school. <laughs> it was like, we're going to make sure that she can defend herself. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as you know, that a lot of people that they'll, they'll ask, when did you know you wanted to do music? But I'd like to go a little deeper than that. When did it click that this could be a career? What was that moment? I don't know. It was some, I don't know if it ever, if it was like a moment that it clicked, it just always was. It was, there was yeah. just never anything else that I wanted to do. I don't, I don't remember a time in my life where this wasn't going to be my career. It was just kind of like this, this is what it is. This is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely love that. So take a couple minutes to kind of tell your backstory a little bit, because I like to get to know the person, not just the artist. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Eastern Kentucky, which I think was super handy in uh, handy from Pikeville. Yeah. Uh, same I yeah. No way. Yeah. High County. Oh, my Lord. I grew up where we had to go to the movie theater because there wasn't one in Knott County. Uh, <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> Small world. Yes, she, yeah. Yes, you grew up in a place called Feds Creek out there. Oh, yes. In Pike County. That's so wild. My little brother still back there and, uh, Still living there. My whole family's still there. My parents moved up to Versailles, Kentucky, um, wow. years ago. But yeah, growing up there just really fueled uh, my love for country music because they got the country music highway, as you probably know, mm -hmm. Sandy. Uh, Twenty three runs right through there. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yes. I was singing um, at the Mountain Art Center in Prestonsburg uh, in the Kentucky Opera Junior Pros, which is something you'd see like in Branson or it's like. Um, a tourist show people would I mean these shows would sell out every Friday night of the summer season and the Christmas shows we were always adding on you know a matinee on a Sunday and it's all I ever wanted to do I started singing there when I was seven oh, uh, wow. yeah my mom's friends was like hey your daughter can carry a tune you need to take her over to the Mac and get her some <laughs> voice lessons and thank God she did because my family they're they're not um super into music or anything they, they listen but they they're not musical they don't sing or play or write or anything like that so um i think if it hadn't been for east kentucky i don't i don't really know where i would have how i would have found this any other way well i love that i i'll never forget <clears throat> sandy and i met online back in 2002 and of course it was taboo back then and it's funny because we met February 4th, I mean, February 2nd of 02. We talked on the phone first time, February 4th. We set a wedding date, February 18th, and we met in person March 4th. So we oh were meeting in person to see who we we're going to marry. That is awesome. But I remember That's the next month, you know, going, you know, because she flew down here to see me. But the month after that, I, I drove up there to see her. And I'll never forget, she met me in Pikeville. Me and my mom was, was there. 
and we followed her down all these little I didn't even know they were what hollers were. And, yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, where is she she taking me? So we're going up all through the mountains. And it was mm -hmm. like, and then we get on their road and it's one lane. You know, so if someone yep. crosses each other, that well, somebody's gonna back up into the driveway. And, and I'm yep. sitting there like, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that place like it. It's beautiful. Um, it's it is. And he came during hillbilly days. Was the first time he came too. Oh, yeah, I was right in the middle of that. So you saw, all and we stayed, but me and my mom stayed at the hotel right there where they were at. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the landmark inn. I spent many years at hillbilly days and playing <laughs> days. Wow. Um, so as you know, you know, one of the things about music is people see the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, of a Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes not to just to get to their level, but even a career level. And I always like to talk about that because I think it's one of the most things, the most important parts of music because people don't understand that. And, you know, you, you got people that will say, you know, Musicians should go get a real job and all that. And and people just don't understand the struggle it is for a musician. And this is their passion. I'm going to tell a quick story to help guide us where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full time with music. And I'll never forget, I asked Allison, what advice would she give an up and coming artist? She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full time, but if your heart We'll allow you to do anything outside. If you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep this as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, everybody owns a piece of you from that point on. She goes, your friends and relatives, they never understand. They invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays. But if you're gigging and you're at the beginning, you can't say no to gigs. And you for sure don't want to be the artist that cancels gigs because it's the people depending on you and they don't understand that. Then on top of that, your family has to sacrifice around you. It's not just about you. They have to give you up and all that. Then there's days where you just don't want to do anything. It may be one of the worst days of your life, but if you got a gig that night, you've got to get on that stage and put that mask on unintended <laughs> so, and, um, and just play your heart out. But then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, if you cannot see yourself doing something else, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. Um, I think that that's true. I mean, the music business is a really tough business. And I think that the ones who end up, of course, there's some, you know, people that get super lucky and it's just like happens fairly quick. But for the rest of us, I mean, I've been in Nashville for 13 years um, and you have to be willing to do anything for and to stick around through the heartache because um, mm -hmm. and, it, and it does money to record so you might have to take jobs that you don't want to take just so you can pay to make your record um it's uh it's a really you know it's a bizarre business and it's just like <laughs> any business too with having to like invest in yourself both time and financial um and not knowing when or if that that's going to 
pay you back or, or, you know, make your living. So, uh, yeah. And it's totally, it's really hard being away from family, um, uh, in East Kentucky. I'm sure Sandy knows like people don't leave, people don't leave that area. Um, you, you stick by your family and a lot of people will put, you know, uh, build houses in their parents' backyards or front yards or, you know, beside of them. <laughs> yeah. My sister, you know, she moved right beside of, uh, their mother and it's just really family oriented. And there's like, a, I feel like there's a lot of guilt that goes into, to leaving that. And even it, even though my family has been very supportive of me, I think I still to this day deal with the guilt of, of the time that I've missed with everybody. I love the honesty in that because I think that sometimes people think that artists are just selfish and it's really not that they got this passion, this desire that God gave them. And if they don't go and use that, then in my opinion, they're wasting the talents that God gave them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a calling. I, I mean, I feel like there's a lot, uh, there would have been a lot easier career paths to have taken. <laughs> That's why Allison said, if you can see yourself doing anything else, go do that. Yeah. <laughs> so now that we talked about a little bit about the sacrifice, side, let's, let's go the other way. Let's flip the script and talk about the exciting side. Um, when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that. Oh my gosh. There's been so many. Um, the first time that I, I signed my first writing deal in Nashville oh, was, wow. was huge for me. Um, I was one of the lucky ones. I, I signed, uh, I guess it took me five years to figure out, uh, to find that deal and actually sign it, uh, which is, it's tough. You don't know if it's going to happen or not, but it happened. And that was a huge thing for me. Um, over the last, in 2018, I got to record with um, and write a lot with Dan Arbach. Um, oh, wow a huge uh, a huge career shift for me meeting mm -hmm. somebody like him and um dan is just super brave too and he's super encouraging mm -hmm. um and after you know being here for 10 years and getting knocked down pretty hard multiple times <laughs> uh, he, he was the first to be like well stop doing what everybody else wants you to do like what do you want to do and to really yeah. ask that question and give me the time um, and freedom to contemplate that, uh, which changed my entire career uh, path and, and uh, is why I made the record that I made that's going to come out here in a few weeks. Yeah, I love that. Now, you've got a song you're going to play for us, aren't you? Yeah, I can play you a song. Let's see. And, and tell us a little bit about the song and then the floor is yours. See, I'm gonna play um, uh, my first single called "Waking Up Ain't Easy." Um, it's on it's on my up and coming record. I wrote this with my producer Dave Brainerd. He came out here. We actually wrote it in this room. Uh, he came out to my house, and we were looking for something to write. And I was scrolling through my phone um, for ideas, and I ran across this note that said waking up ain't easy and it, it really hit me really hard and kind of floored me and i remember when i wrote that in my phone i remember waking up and just wanting to go back to sleep forever and not wake up again um so i wrote it i wrote it down in my phone i'm pretty sure i went back to sleep 
um, which is unlike me. I'm a morning person. I love getting up in the mornings and having my coffee and sitting on the porch with my dog. Um, but I told Dave the story about writing it, and uh, it's a sad song. There's no happy turnaround or anything, but sometimes you, you need a sad song, and some days are just, some days are sad, and it's okay. So it's called Waking Up Ain't Easy. Son, please don't come. Coffee, don't bother filling my cup. Hey, morning bird, don't go singing outside my window. Sweet dreams, please don't end. And let reality set in. I want to keep my head laid down here on this pillow. Cause waking up ain't easy. It's hard enough just breathing. Without you, I can't face another day. Waking up ain't easy. I could spend my whole life sleeping. Cause in my dreams, you're not so far away. Soon as my eyes open, my feet hit the floor. I look around, reminded you're not here anymore. Thank you. 
Love the song. Yes, great song. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So, as you as you know, and, and you can tell us it's definitely a painful and vulnerable song. I love songs like that. But as you know, people, when they see you, the artist, they see, they don't see the PR people. They don't see the producers, the managers. The, they don't see the team. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they don't get enough love. So I always mm -hmm. on our show want to make sure that they get the love that they deserve. So if you want to take a few minutes and just kind of tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Oh, my gosh. Uh Tiffany Beard and at um, Evolution PR has just been such a godsend uh, to me. She has just worked so hard. Um, one of my big goals over the past few years was just figuring out um, how to afford uh, PR and like what what are the things that I needed to do to get that in my monthly budget. And I really busted my butt um, to be able to afford that and. Uh, she has just been worth every bit of it, every bit of the hard work. Um, I love her dearly. She's She's been great. And and she, it's just really been me and her and uh, some friends that we just reach out to for help. And I've just, I'm so grateful to all my friends here in Nashville that I've met over the last 13 years that have been so kind to give me a, an email or, or a phone number or an opportunity. Um, I can't thank them enough. I feel like the luckiest girl in the world. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, we kind of got a third team member too, our little little Christopher, yes, our little co-host. Hey, what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Oh my gosh, I like all food. I think I like tacos the best. Ooh. <laughs> and what's yours? Pizza. Mmm, I like pizza too. <laughs> he, he, can, he can eat pizza all day long. <laughs> if we gave it to him, he would eat it, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Bye, thanks. <laughs> He's so cute. And, and you know, we got a 20 month old that when she gets older, we plug her into the show too, because we are family affair. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> so. If you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Oh, man, that's a hard one. I want to write with all kinds of people. <laughs> um, and I would love to write a song with Dolly Parton. Well, that would be A lot of people say that one. Really? Yes, popular choice there. She's yeah. awesome. Especially with, the, especially with the women. Yeah, she's the yes. I mean, I'd love to write with Willie Nelson too. He's, which is probably another popular one if I had to guess. But they're both just so classic. And, and Johnny so Cash is another really popular one. That, yeah. Oh yeah. With, with Since love. I say dead or alive. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. So this may have a thousand answers, but just think of something that pops in your head when I ask this. What is a song you've heard that you thought, wow, I wish I wrote that? Oh, man. Ask me any other time. I feel like I would have had like a, a bunch of ideas. <laughs> um, there's so many. And now nothing is coming to my mind. One of the more popular songs is The House That Built Me. 
Yeah, uh, that's a great song. Um, that the one of the Eric Paisley Will Hogue songs, "Keep on Dreaming Even If It Breaks Your Heart." I think that that's a great one, an inspiring one. And um, Ten Year Town, the Haley Withers song, which is really funny because I actually have written a ten, I have my own version of that song. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, well, a lot of people write the same titles. There, you know, there's like a billion uh, without you, and you know, titles mm -hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, that her song that's just such a great song. So how is that that you are in the ten year town? Because you know, a lot of times you, artists will say, "I know that they say it's a ten year town, but I'm different." <laughs> you know, I'm sure you've heard people say that. So how has that been? Because, again, you know, a lot of people think that it should be faster and all that. But no matter what you do in music, it's a long journey. It is a long journey. Yeah, I'm on year 13 in a 10-year town. So, um, <laughs> you know, there's all these preconceived notions about musicians and who we are and what we do and this town and what it is and what it does. And I think the best advice that I could give in anybody is just toss it all out the window <laughs> and just forget <laughs> all of it. Cause sometimes I think we, we think about it and harp on it so much that we just like make these things happen when they're not real. Like we just need to forget all that. It doesn't matter if it's a two year town or a five year town or a 10 year town or 20 year town. If you love it and you're enjoying yourself and you should keep doing it. And I think persistence always pays off um, mm -hmm. too. A lot of stories like Chris Stapleton's story, and I think he was on year 13 when his first record came out. So, <laughs> there you go, you gotta forget about all those uh preconceived notions, they're not they're not true, not for everybody. Hmm. And and you know, I, I love that attitude because if you're doing what you love anyway, then it'll come together, it just may not be on the time you want, De definitely. Yeah. So um, what is your songwriting process like? I mean, when you sit down to write a song, you do the melody first, the lyrics, or what, nor again, I know it's probably depending on the song, but what is your normal process? Uh, my favorite way to write is from a hook. So I would have like a title in my phone, like Waking Up Ain't Easy. That's the easiest way for me to write, is that I know the direction that we're going mm -hmm. and what we're leading to. Um, but sometimes it doesn't work that way. Sometimes it starts with the melody. And sometimes it starts with um, somebody just playing something cool on the guitar. A lot of the songs I wrote with Dan Arbach and Pat McLaughlin just started with a cool guitar group, which always throws me off because I'm like, oh my God, am I going to be able to keep up? Because I don't know if I'm the best that way. Yeah. But it just works out. And, and um, it's been a lot of fun to write regardless of, of uh, what way the song starts and to see where it started and how it ended it was always a lot of fun. You know, this past February made the five year anniversary <clears throat> that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the artist that same question, because the answer she gave us five years ago is almost to the T of what she's living now. So yeah. she had this vision and she had the dream and she knew where she was going. So knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Um, I would love to be on a major tour um, like Chris or Chris Stapleton or Casey Musgraves and really create, create uh, 
my own lane for myself to where I'm, um, the, both of those artists are so um, individual. Nobody really sounds like either of those people. Um, they're not trying to fit in any sort of box and yet they're still playing arenas. And that's what I would like to do. It's, it's not to necessarily sound like anybody else, but Britt Taylor and um, create my own, my own lane. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I remember when we first started this show, you talking about your own lane. I reached out to a Nashville friend. I asked him, um, what advice would he give us as we launched the show? And I'll never forget what he said. He said, whatever you do, be and stay authentic. He says, you could tell every Bobby Bones joke. You could tell every Ty Bentley joke because, he you know, we look up to them. And um, but and you might even be good at it. He said he, he went on to say, but the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. So if you yeah. your show may grow slower from the beginning. But you'll gain the right audience because they're attracted to you, your authentic self. I definitely agree with that. And Nashville is kind of a tough town to be your authentic self. It's a really scary mm -hmm. town uh, to be your authentic self because, um, you know, everybody wants that next radio hit. And um, we're encouraged to sound like that. Or maybe you sound a little more like this person. Did you hear the new song on the radio? How about you do something like this? And then everybody starts trying to do that thing, but it's always the person that dares to be different that ends up breaking the mold. Um, yeah. And yeah, authenticity. I mean, it's it's taken me a long time to be brave enough to be authentic. My record's called Real Me. Oh, <laughs> and uh, scary. Authenticity is scary, and it, it, and uh, but it's so important. You're right. And you know, it's scary because you know you got to be vulnerable and. Our society teaches people not to be vulnerable. I mean, I think that's one of the issues with marriage. You know, you got two people marrying, they come together, and all their life they've been taught be independent, be independent, be independent, be independent. Don't don't show anybody your emotions. So then they get married, and all of a sudden they're living these two separate lives, and they can't even become vulnerable with each other. And vulnerability is where you grow intimacy. And I think with just like with music, you know. Vulnerability, it takes vulnerability to get intimate with the audience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I feel like everybody can get so tough because, and, and all that toughness is, is a shell of being scared. Mm -hmm. um, and as soon as we break through that, something really, really beautiful happens. <laughs> yes, it does. So let's say that you look five years, 10 years down the road and you're a success on a grand scale. Whatever that looks like, you're there. You're at the top. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you tell or remind her? Oh my gosh. I'd want to give her a high five for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just remind her of how far she's come because I feel like one, every, every goal that I've reached that I've set for myself, mm -hmm. I just set a new goal instead yeah. of focusing on how far I've come. And I would just want to remind myself, hey, you remember when you were here? Like you've done it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because again, I always ask, you know, most people, they ask that question, what would you tell your past self? I like it the other way because yeah. I think it helps the artists think about, 
are are you living this right now? Because if you're gonna if you remind your future self something, then you should be reminding yourself today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're so right. <clears throat> so um, let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing. And there is something special. I mean, as Simon Cowell would say, they have that it factor. They've gotten on stage and they've played maybe 50 times. So they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. But they've gotten on stage. You got what every artist says, that stage bug. And they look over the crowd and the crowd's roaring for them. And they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, Britt, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next couple years? Uh, to do, do it, just to go for it. Um, there are so many different ways to success that I think an artist should listen to all the advice and yeah. uh, take it into consideration. But we're, everybody has a very different path to success. There is no one path that I've heard in this music industry uh, <laughs> that uh, is the same as the next person's. That's um, why it's so hard. Yeah, that is why it's so hard. So I would just tell them to do it. Just uh, keep doing it. You know, keep an open mind and, and, and listen to people's advice. But if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Do, do what feels right in your gut. I love, I love that answer. Because again, you know, that's one of the biggest things is, you know, you just you got to do what your heart says when it comes to music because you don't want to be that fake person out there. You you, you want to do music your way. And I think sometimes people get impatient and they're like they go to a late big label or even a smaller label for all that goes. And sometimes labels will guide them to a way that they know they can make money off of you. But mm -hmm. it but you now have to wear this mask every night. Yeah, definitely. Um Yeah, there's there's just no uh, everybody has their own path to success uh, for sure. And I feel like when you listen to everybody else telling you what you need to do, you have all these different people coming at you with all this advice. It can freeze you in time and you do nothing because there's so many options and there's so many things you could do. And then you just remain frozen. Uh, there's just too much. And at some point you just got to just. And people will criticize you, and that's okay. Um, everybody's coming from their own uh, view of what works, because it's probably worked for another artist they had. Um, but it might not work for another artist. So, yeah, just do your own thing and do what's I fun. I love that. love that answer. Great answer. Um, now, you're, as you're chasing this crazy dream, as people would call it, um, there's probably people chasing it right along with you. Who are one or two artists that people should know about? Oh my gosh. Uh, my friends, Carolina story. Hmm. I adore them. They're the best people in the world. Um, Carl Anderson is awesome. Um, Adam Chaffins is another great artist. Oh man. <laughs> There's so many. Um, I love uh, the Indigo playlist and the Emergent Americana playlist on Spotify because you can always find a lot of great new artists on those playlists. So as we get close to closing here, what's what project you got going on right now? What is what is that new thing? The new thing is just getting the record out. Just uh, 
trying to make sure I'm giving it all my energy and, and putting all the pieces together the best that I can. It's just me and Tiffany. And <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're just trying to figure it out as we go. So I've got one last question. Um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Hmm. I don't know. I think you've done a great job. You've asked You've asked me a lot of honest questions, um, and I really appreciate that and getting the opportunity to answer that and especially talk about authenticity and vulnerability. Those are not often popular um, conversation topics, so this has yeah. been super fun for me because I, I love talking about that stuff, and I read books about it all the time, and um, so, yeah, I appreciate it. You know, what's funny about that is I remember we were interviewing um, an artist about 50 interviews back. And I'll never forget as we were talking, he said, um, I guess he didn't like the direction we were going because he made a comment that he says, you know, I like to keep things about music and all that. You know, I don't like to get personal. And I asked him, I was like, um, do you know what our tagline is? He said, no. I was like, um, up close and personal. He's like, <laughs> he said, oh. And then he thought about it. He says, you know what? I probably have been more personal on this show than I have on others as he thought. But, and, and that's what we like to hear because yeah. our goal is to get up close and personal, ask things that normally don't get asked, have fun, and just make an impact. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think those conversations are necessary because music is connection. Music mm -hmm. is connecting with other people through experiences and through lyric and melody. Um, and I think people want to know who the artists are, and not just the Photoshop, yeah. Instagram filter artists. They want to know. I think they want to know who who we are really. Exactly. Because you got to connect with them, you know, and, and with social media now, I think it's even more important because now artists that don't connect lose audience quick. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so if anybody's listening to this, be sure to share this and all that uh, um, so that we can get the numbers up for her. Um, so if you want to tell everybody how they can reach out to you, that'd be great. Yeah, you can find me at BrittTaylorMusic.com or you can Google Britt Taylor and my Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff will pop up and I'm running it all myself. So shoot <laughs> me a message if uh, you have any questions or you liked what you saw today or you heard a song that you liked. I love uh, hearing from everybody. You know, I love that. And we really enjoyed having you on the show today. We definitely look yes, forward to having you back down the road. Yes, please. Sandy, I've got my Kentucky shirt on. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, and, see and you it. Know, love it. Huge Kentucky. And you know, talking about Kentucky, what's funny is Sandy and I have always um said that, okay, when we first married 18 mm -hmm. years ago, we'll we'll root for Kentucky basketball and Georgia football. That was how we compromised. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, that's what we've done all these years. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, for the live part of the show, we will see y'all later. Yes.